and welcome to episode 18 of the I Ching with Clarity podcast. First, I need to apologise to you for the sound quality on this one. I'm a bit absent-minded at the moment, preoccupied with the whole business of finding a new place to live. And when I say preoccupied, I mean completely ridiculously stressed. So I did manage to record a podcast for you, but I did not manage to remember to use the right microphone for the call. Instead, I absentmindedly did this call using my headset mic, and that turns out to have added a delightful high-pitched electronic whistling to the recording, one that's completely impervious to all the noise removal software I know how to use. I'm sorry about this. I hope it won't drive you too nuts. Hopefully it should help that the querent this time, Raka, brought some good readings. She's been thinking about returning to university for postgraduate studies, hankering for libraries, I think, and the time to devote herself to something. She sent me two readings. What if I go back to university for postgraduate studies? Ye said hexagram 22, beauty, changing at line 2 to 26, great taming. And what if I just leave this whole university thing? which Yi answered with hexagram 20, seeing, changing at lines 1 and 5 to 27, nourishment. I didn't really prepare that second reading for her, I hadn't planned on talking about it, but as you'll hear, it came up inescapably anyway, as readings tend to do, and then the relationship between the two started to come into focus for us. This is a classic way of consulting, of course, something we all do, Faced with a choice, asking ye, what if I do this? And often the paired question, what if I don't? On the face of it, these are simply boosts for the imagination, helping us to see what life would be like down each path. I've asked a lot of these lately. You know how house hunting works. After maybe 45 minutes inside a house, you're supposed to be able to decide whether to offer some bonkers telephone number amount of money for it. So, of course, I've been asking ye, what would it be like to live here? There's another aspect to what-if questions, though. We might also be asking what it would mean to take this path. If I did this, what would I really be doing? I think this comes through in Raka's readings, perhaps because they're about pursuing a dream. What are you doing if you let something like that go? Are you opening to other possibilities, or are you letting yourself down? In her initial email to me, she wrote that she'd been wondering if she limited herself and her possibilities by not going after this. I don't believe she does at all, but see what you think after listening. So you asked, what if I go back to university for further postgraduate studies? And you had hexagram 22, beauty and making beautiful and adorning, changing at line 2 to 26. Great taming. Yeah. Since you, you know your way round this oracle a good bit, um, what, what jumped out at you in this? Um, I think there were two, when I first asked, I think there were like kind of two lines, um, that opened up. One was around, um, patience and seeing mm-hmm. how things evolve. And the other was actually around appearances. Um, mm. 
um, because I think one of the things that's been alive for me around this is that why do I want to do this? Like, where is that desire coming from? Um, mm-hmm. And a question around whether this is um, something about what it looks like or what I think it looks like um, mm. rather than what would be actually good for me and what it is that I'm seeking. Yeah, and I think it's it's possible to be too um, censorious, self-critical about around hexagram twenty-two. Um, I mean, it's it's about image and appearance, but these things are important. They're you know, it's how we see things and know what they are and relate to them. Um. So yeah, but yeah, the the appearance thing and the patience thing both jumped out at me as well. So. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. Um, I tend to start by trying to put the two hexagrams together, beauty and great taming. And you know, if beauty and making beautiful had a sort of great taming aspect or aspiration to it, what could that be? Um, and it seems to sort of balance it out because if you think of hexagram 22 in its most superficial form, it's, you know, it's like, Makeup, it's decoration, making beautiful as in what you do in front of the mirror in the morning kind of thing. But 26 is a long-term development, rearing and nurturing the animals from little calves to giant cattle and so on. So it makes hexagram 22 sound less like finding the right makeup and more like um visiting the gym and cleaning up your diet or something, you know, to create, because it means health, health and vigor as well. And so it sounds more like, um, yeah. you know, the years of practice that are behind the beautiful appearance, you know, the overnight performance success that actually took 20 years, that sort of thing. So on the one hand, you've got 22 in the foreground, making it about image and what can be seen and recognized and, um, you know, am I only doing this to get letters after my name or something, which you're presumably not, but that sort of worry. Um, and then 26 makes it, you know, it's not just, um, not just kind of a dressing up box. It makes it m- more a deep identity growth, growth and mastery kind of thing. It's not, it's not so playful, 26. 22 can be a lot like having sort of a dressing up box. Um, and, and 26, you know, I mean, it's a great farmer. He doesn't have time for that sort of rubbish. <laughs> so. yeah. Um, yeah, that's great actually hearing you contrasting those two images because together they create a very different kind of picture. I mean, I mean, as we're speaking about them, I have the sense of them kind of like balancing each other in a way that one is like really this grounding, steady cultivation that takes time and is often maybe not even seen, um, mm-hmm. slow training, and then the other side of the image and what is visible and what is um, seen, which is um, the opposite of that in a way, but it's the mm. other side of that. Yeah. I like to have a look at 22 and then at 26 and then at the moving lines that connect the two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, like I said, 22, it's easy to be too critical about it and say it's superficial, but it's actually what puts a face on things and makes them visible. 
Mm. And someone asks you, what do you do? And you can say, well, I'm a student. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's something, there's a deeper sense here for me personally around an image of something, mm-hmm. you know, an image of something that calls us, that invites us, like a, an image that sort of beckons us forward. Um, mm. um, because, yeah. So I think there's something beautiful in that for me as well. That is more than uh, appearance or what do I do, but something around that which um, kind of like invites me forward in a way, mm. like a beautiful object that sort of invites me forward. Yes, and uni- universities can uh, can feel like that. <laughs> um, I, you know, learning is no longer something that you sort of squish into your free time and grub around trying to find the knowledge. It's it's an institution that makes learning beautiful and gives it a face. Um yeah. Gives yeah. it a shape. Um yeah. So and also it, it gives you a shining qualification of some sort and makes the fact that you're learning visible. Um yeah. or it gives it it gives it a name, you know, it gives it a yeah. shape. That's true. And, and it's yeah. you can say I've been studying such and such for years, and that is not the same as I did as a as you know as an as an image for someone else to understand as um I did this course at this at this university and I got these letters um it's mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the same as something you can show to other people, but it's also not the same as something to show to yourself. Um, so and do it you makes then it clear think, to you, too, I think. Mm, Sorry, yeah, on. absolutely. Like giving, giving it a shape for myself as well. Mm. So do you think then with the line two, it's kind of asking the question of whether I am willing and able to do the patient um, work that is required to bring that image into something meaningful? Um, it, it could be, yes. I mean, line two says making your hair beautiful or adorning your growing beard, which is always a great one to get. I prefer um, your translation. <laughs> I'm afraid the beard is probably more accurate, actually, but uh, so you just, I think you just have to imagine yourself as a teenage boy who is kind of in a desperate hurry to grow this beard so people will stop thinking he's a child um, and everyone will see he's a proper man like he knows he is really. Mm. Um, but yes, I'm, the, the thing with hair and beards is that you can't make it grow faster. Mm. Um, you can, you know, you can apply oils or rice water rinses or whatever and it will make it shinier, but it doesn't mm. make it grow faster. And also, um, I was just thinking how much hair is the visible sign of health. Mm-hmm. I mean, it won't look healthy unless you are healthy and it won't grow vigorously unless you are vigorous. So again, it's, it's not, it's not superficial. There's, you know, if you're, if you're making your hair beautiful, there is some genuine work on your, to improve your own health and vigor going on. Mm-hmm. And yes, the world 
it does also mean delay and patience and waiting. And it seems it's meant delay and patience and waiting because it's quite early times. So yeah, we say university is slow. Study is slow. Um, <laughs> learning the basics and building up one's understanding is slow. <laughs> mm. So yeah, there might be a question of do you want to go that slowly? Do you want to build up, you know, yeah. that gradually and thoroughly? Yeah. I think it, it brings up a lot for me, like this whole inquiry feels quite, um, loaded because I have like a history of being in universities and kind of wanting to study and research in particular ways and encountering academic culture that is just really not conducive to the sorts of ways that I, I want to learn to think or train to think and write. And uh, so there's a part of me that's kind of shut that door it's like okay it's not going to work because I'm not going to thrive there and yet mm. there's another part of me that just really would like to keep my um, my love of like working with these ideas in different ways somehow central to my to my life so um, so yeah so I guess I, I feel like okay so there's like this sense of like the cultivation and the time and the patience um, and the hard work that it's going to take to um, give it the form that will be truly meaningful to me um, and to you know the the, the environment that I uh, I find myself in it, I guess there's a part of me that doesn't actually believe that it's possible. Um, mm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, I can also hear the, the hexagram 26 part of you coming through loud and clear. I think that's, you know, that sitting in the background is very much the desire to learn. Um, mm. Yeah, the, the name of it, I, I called it great taming, but it really... The primary meaning is really nourishing and nurturing and rearing and cherishing. Mm -hmm. And then it also means the big livestock, you know, mm -hmm. big strong cattle and sheep mm -hmm. and horses. Um, yeah, the, the keeping things in check is more of a secondary idea, I think. So it, it's like wanting to nourish your understanding and your insight and yourself and knowledge and, and, and grow it. Um, amass the learning and cherish it and grow it into uh, a whole farm of big, healthy animals. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I want, and also the oracle of it sounds um, a lot like the desire to go and study. Great taming. Constancy bears fruit. Not eating at home is good fortune and it's fruitful to cross the great river. Reminds me quite a lot about how very, very eager I was to go and study at university when I was 17 and did manage to go and study at university, I was, I was seriously ready to get out of the parental home. Mm. Um, <laughs> even though the food was dreadful, not eating at home was just a very good idea. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I wonder what it means in adulthood. Mm. Maybe still something similar about getting beyond the familiar round and going out and exploring and getting into new realms. Mm. I think, 
university can sort of stand for that. Mm. And it has libraries. It has libraries, you know, if I could mm. just live in one. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think, you know, I think, because, you know, I've worked in universities as a researcher, I've been a student, I've worked in student support, I've kind of been around universities and, and of course, I've been around other worlds as well. And there's such a split between these worlds that I've inhabited. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think maybe you know this as well. Like, I'm mm. imagining that you know, know this. Um, yeah, I had, I had, <laughs> I had six years of university and yeah, it is, it's, so it's its own world and part of me is sort of nostalgic for that, but mm. most of it is and I, and I guess I believe that the kinds of things I'm interested in inquiring into, I can't do there. So if I want to have that kind of life, I just need to create that in my, in, like by myself. Um, mm. And every now and then I get into this whole thing of like, no, I just want to be in a community of learners and, scholars and I like there's so much like maybe it's just the limitation of my own mind that says that I can't do these things there maybe there's other ways of doing these things mm. um yes I, I uh, thinking about hexagram 22 um it also has quite a strong sense of uh, relativism um mm -hmm. It says there's small yield from having a direction to go. Universities don't create knowledge. They, uh, they give it form. Mm -hmm. And there's also a certain playfulness from mm -hmm. here. You know, try this way, try this route and enjoy this mm -hmm. small harvest. And then when it gets to the image, it unfolds this into, yeah, something more relativistic. I'm using the same word. Below the mountain is fire. Those are the, the trigrams, the picture of the, the light reflecting up on the rock face so that the solid rock, you know, that this is how it is, starts looking less like solid rock and more like impressions and pictures and shifting, changing things. Yeah. yeah. And a noble one, looking at this, brings light to the many standards but does not venture to pass judgment. So that sort of sounds to me um, like a good academic position, really. Uh, where your job is not to join a school. It's not about going and finding the truth. Um, it's about knowing all the different standards as patterns on the rock face, as different angles of the light, uh, different impressions. Gosh, I'm thinking um, of Plato as you're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, su I suppose it can't be helped, can it? Sorry, Plato. Um, <laughs> um like I said, it's, it, there's a dressing up box aspect to 22 and part of that is knowing that the costumes are costumes and that you can take them off and try a different one um, and not thinking you found the one true thing. Um, it was actually something that drove me slightly nuts about uh, university, that um, the, fur the further on you got in into research, um, the less it was allowable to just say, here is what I found and experienced and saw in this poem. And the more yeah. you had to say, here is an overview of the existing research on this author. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah. you had to step back and be at more removed from it. Mm. Which, you know, yeah. it wasn't as exciting. Yeah, it's not. And I, and I kind of just wonder if some, some of the research culture, and 
I have similar experiences to yours. And every now and then I'll kind of like read about what people are doing at different universities and different kinds of research cultures and how they're changing. And I was reading something last night, which prompted me to email you today. Um, and sometimes I'm just really amazed that, you know, people are really doing things very, very differently to what I experienced. Um, people really changing culture in some way, doing a lot more innovative, experiential, practice-led mm. um, inquiries that like really put one's, you know, creating theories, creating ideas from um, their own understandings and experiences, um, which is really inspiring. Mm, that's more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting and it's really inspiring and it's not that dry, flat, kind of thing which sort of drove me the crazy sort of has, over, overview of the existing research yeah, which yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it has more life in it and the over overviews of the overviews and yes mm. quite mm. yeah yeah and i and creating something new you know new ways of looking new ways of seeing looking at what the old ways of seeing are looking at being able to see what what they are because we can't see them we can't disentangle from them but then being able to create <laughs> something yeah mm. yes um i don't know how that uh, fits with the uh you are you are talking hexagrams beautifully <laughs> um I, I was wondering if I should touch on how 25 leads into 26 and oh, how you have to disentangle do. from all the things that are not yours before <laughs> yeah. you can start to uh to nurture and to cherish and build up the things that are yours. Yeah. Um, but more than that, you did send me a second reading. Um, I did. What if I just leave this whole university thing? Mm -hmm. um, and that was about seeing, mm -hmm. which you were just talking about. So that was, yeah, mm -hmm. seeing 20, hex around 20, changing at one and five to 27. So what if I just leave this whole university thing? Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't looked at this one in a huge amount of detail, but um, it sounds like seeing, being nourishing in itself, your eyes being, <laughs> a risk of sounding quite weird, being like jaws, being a, a way to take things in and absorb them and being nourished, be nourished through, through seeing, through observing. Also, a really unscientific thought about this is that this reading, as it were, wraps around the proceeding. You have hexagram 22 to 26, and then you have this one that starts a couple of hexagrams before and finishes hexagram after, with 20 and 27. So it's as if it, um, it's as if it encompasses it. University is this, um, this little space enclave in the middle and life is, uh, you know, going on around it. And if the hexagram 20, if the 22 reading were mine, which you know, it isn't, but if it were, I would think, then I would be thinking, this is nice, but it's not absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. And since I emerged from the enclave, I've met plenty of people who were clearly better educated and more knowledgeable than I was, despite not having the shiny degrees. Mm -hmm. They had done their own 26. Mm -hmm. And here you have 27, so the 26 is kind of assumed Things are tamed so there can be nurturing and so nourishment follows. Mm. You know, you have your own farm in the background, mm. your own store of heaven under the mountain. Mm. 
Oh yeah, seeing. I mean, it stepped back from the specific way of learning and going after specific knowledge. Mm. Washing hands, not making the offering. There's truth and confidence, like a presence, and yeah, it, it sees what comes in, mm. witnesses what's there, mm. sees what arises. Mm. Mm. And I wonder if some of the child's way of seeing. That's referred to in line, line one. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is around like the ways in which I might have a narrow view of how I can, you know, do the kind of learning, reading, writing, inquiry into ideas that I feel a longing for, like, and because I wonder mm. how much of this is like just the way that I was brought up to think about <laughs> universities um, and education. <laughs> <laughs> the place the place you go if you're going to make anything of yourself. Yes. Mm. You have to get in and you have to get a good degree so you can yes, all the above. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I'm there's this great great appetite for knowledge and sustenance in the background, twenty seven. Wanting something Something real to fill your mouth, says the oracle. Mm. Um, something substantial. Um, mm. and that might be a reason for wanting university because there is an awful lot mm. of fluff out there and <laughs> mm. universities will, with any luck, filter some of it out. But in this, in this reading, you're designing your own curriculum. Um, mm. being discriminating about what you eat and drink in 27's image. And, um, yeah, and the ancient kings in 20, they studied the regions and saw the people and established their teachings. It's very much create your own curriculum stuff. And mm. so, yeah, line one, you're asking about the child seeing, um, well, what's it like to be a child? As I remember it, it's having no power and not much responsibility either. Mm. You watch things getting decided. Um, and you can be quite curious about it, but you're very much watching from the outside. Mm. Child mm. seeing for small people, no mistake. For a noble one, shame. Mm. And of course, children are literally small people, so there's mm. that. Mm. Um, but also, small people can mean people who don't have the resources or the influence mm. to create their own change, um, mm. set their own direction. So seeing things like a child is no mistake if that's your situation. Mm. And when I say resources, I think they can be internal and external. I think they can be both. Mm. So that's fine, but it's not fine for a noble one, who I think is someone who has, yes, someone who has more imagination and someone who's you know, learning and on a trajectory of discovering and has more possibilities to be creative and to create change for themselves. Mm. I think that and line five stand as contrasts, as alternatives. Here are two ways it could go. Or it could be a story, um, sort of growing up story, I don't know. The child seeing would be positioning yourself on the outside, looking in. It would be nice to be learning this stuff, but life happens and I don't have time or I have to do this instead or, you know, kind of feeling your life being run for you. And also, I suppose, seeing the things you want to study from a distance as a child, 
I'm not anything you can actually do or be involved in because, um, you know, you're too small, that kind of feeling. Whereas line five says, seeing my own life, the noble one is without mistake. And as I'm sure you know, fifth lines tend to be associated with rulers. And the idea here, I think, is that this is seeing your life as something you create from the position of the ruler of what you survey out there. So this, this sort of looks like becoming your own curriculum and not just deciding what am I creating in my life or becoming your own experimental subject or something, depending on what you're doing. Seeing and nourishing are both lovely hexagrams for the process of learning and growing. Yeah, I think it's great. Like, you know, when you read the symbols, you kind of use, obviously see so much more and this whole thing of like containing one reading within the other um, is really meaningful to me, actually. Um, yeah, what was the last thing you said about 20 and 27? About Just that seeing and nourishment are such lovely hexagrams to have about a process of learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Absolutely. they're both really about that. Um, yeah, the way it's one yeah. of the things around. And and in a way, like I guess it, you know, it it, it says something to me about this never having to kind of stop. Like I don't really need to um, let go of that desire. Mm. Uh, necessarily absolutely but like you say like you know do i really have the inner and outer resources which is what i've been asking myself you know can i like even if i really really wanted to do this can i actually do it in practical terms do i have like the physical conditions and the internal conditions to do that kind of work and i the answer is i don't know um uh and so Yeah. I mean, that, that line comes up in your second reading, le leaving, leaving the university idea. Mm -hmm. And it comes with line five. So I think, I think the implication there is that you do and you can. I think it, you see it as moving from line one to line five or as a, a choice between the two. Mm -hmm. I think there are ways. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's more personal than hexagram 22 in a way seeing my own life the noble one is without mistake it's so you're saying that so let me see if i'm getting that right so the re the second reading which is about forgetting about the whole thing mm. you're saying that the lines within that are speaking to the pos to, to the possibility that i could have the resources or could make um, them happen. it's it's that what you it's, mean, it's um no i think it's about learning yeah um, yeah 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 and it's still got 27 in the background so whether there's university involved or not yeah, yeah, yeah. you still have this this little bird appetite for yeah for knowledge and sustenance and something real and yeah then just need to be like the noble one of the image and be discriminating about what you eat and drink mm. um, and mm. <laughs> avoid this world of this world of fluff and junk knowledge but um 
but yeah, the, I mean, the fact that that is still there and that it begins with seeing, you know, which also has associations with learning. And the tri, I'm jumping about a lot. Never mind. The, the trigrams it's made of, you have earth inside and wind or wood above. And one of the things this makes, one of the pictures this makes is of an observation tower, which was built especially to watch the skies. They would literally be built as a small, quite short wooden tower on top of a mound of round earth. So those trigrams oh are my God, a perfect so, picture of that. You know, that's, uh, there's two things I want to say in response to that. The first thing is that both 20 and 27, they like speak to me like of like really receiving something. Yes. Like receiving an image, you know, seeing yes. and receiving nourishment is like something that you know, I, I'm not doing the great taming, really. I'm just mm. um, in that place of standing and, and receiving. And the other thing that I want to say, it's really funny, is like often I've had this fantasy for many, many years. And I mean fantasy in a positive sense of like being like this old, like monk in a tower in <laughs> hell, you know, with like loads of books and my lamp and my cat. and just like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that, that sounds <laughs> like a that sounds like a complete and excellent life to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um so your description of that image just really makes me smile mm. Yeah. Mm. Good. But yes, it's so it's a it's a tower built especially for observation. So as you as you say, mm. the, the re- receiving, that's a very good mm. point. It's not twenty is not going it's not the same as going to university and saying, I'm going to pursue this course and learn this stuff yeah. and yeah. search for this knowledge. Um, yeah. it's, I'm going to be here and observe. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Chinese word guan, the, the name of the hexagram has a heron in it. Lisa Heber mm-hmm. told me this. Um, and so it's the, the heron's way of seeing the extraordinary eyesight that can see through the surface of the water and sp- spot the fish but you won't see a heron running around the lake chasing fish <laughs> it just stands it stands and sees the observer up the tower you know, makes the tower so he can be more heron like and can really see what's there so yeah the re- receiving and not going after anything going after something specific not focusing in that's a really good point and the integration of it with real life the wind moves over the earth, seeing the ancient kings studied the regions, saw the people, and established their teachings. Mm. And the, the wood over the earth becomes wind over the earth. And you get a picture of the receptivity of the kings who are willing to study and see the people, and that becoming a basis for the wind, for movement, and also growth, and also transmission. Mm. The idea that the curriculum comes from comes from people's lives, um, and then you get to line five, and it's coming from yours. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So, as you say, it's it's a very different picture from the university one, but it's it's absolutely about learning, seeing, and absorbing, and mm. receiving. Yeah, it's almost like two different kinds or two different approaches or ways of learning. Mm. Yeah. It's a very different yes. image, both of them yeah. kind of learning, but they're very different images. Mm. Yeah. 
seem to have hopped about these readings everywhere, but I think um, I think we've seen what we need to see. Um, it's got got an overview. You think? Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you so much. It's so it's so great to hear um, your insights and your wisdom. Appreciate it. It's really interesting to hear yours and your response to this, and you know how it lands and how it meshes with um, how it fits and harmonizes with what you see um, and what you want (laughs) and what you fantasize about. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Henry. So that was our reading for this month. I hope you enjoyed it, despite the audio quality. Normally, here at the end of the episode, I'd invite you to sign up for your own free reading. I'm not doing that this time. Because of the whole moving house palaver, I'm not open for readings at the moment. Instead, I'll ask you a favour. If you're enjoying the podcast, please could you rate it and review it on your podcast app of choice? Or if you're listening on the Clarity website please could you hit the little share button, the one on the right-hand end of the controls, and let your friends on Facebook or wherever know you're listening. Thank you, and I'll be back next month with another reading.